Uh, but uh, what a joy camp meeting is. August in Cala Mesa. Look forward to it every year. And this year our theme is Thy Kingdom Come Now and Forevermore. And as Seventh-day Adventists, you know, part of our name, Adventist, means coming, means we believe Jesus is coming again. Amen? Right? But that's only half of the good news. The other half is that he came. Right? He came the first time. He wouldn't be coming back again if he hadn't come the first time. And he came to usher in the kingdom of God in the lives of human beings. So we don't have to wait for him to come in the clouds to live under his reign. We can start by surrendering to Jesus now and living under the reign of God. And wherever people let God reign over their hearts, the kingdom of God moves about in the world. Your job, at your home, when you're at 7-Eleven, wherever you are, the kingdom of God can reign. And so that's our theme for this month, and we have some great speakers. Today we have Pastor Manny with us. Before I get into talking about Manny, I forgot first service. We are going to have manna from heaven next week in the Fellowship Hall. It's called what? Haystacks, right? That is Adventist manna, if you don't know what that is, all right? The corn chips fall. <laughs> they land on the ground. We pick them up. No. And uh, we build these piles of overeating on Sabbath afternoon. And then we rest, right? Um, so don't forget next week, after church, after second service, we will be enjoying that. But today we have Pastor Manny. Pastor Manny is the Children's Ministries Director of Southeastern California Conference. He was the past, one of the pastors at Loma Linda Filipino Church prior to that. And um, known Manny for about 15, 20 years, sharing the journey with Jesus together, blessed by his life and his ministry. Last summer, um, he discovered something about his health that was very unfortunate. He was diagnosed with cancer, and I'll let him unpack that a little bit more for you. But um, I had Pastor Manny come to a class that I taught last year at Loma Linda on God and human suffering and talked to second-year med students about his journey uh, in suffering and, and with Jesus. And I was so blessed by his testimony of how he experienced the reign of God breaking through into his life at a deeper level through the suffering that he was experiencing that I said, would you please come share this with my Calamesa church family? And so he's come to do that today. And so let's welcome Pastor Manny here today. Thank you, Pastor Manny. God is good all the time. First, I want to apologize that you guys have to listen the second time through. But I, I should have Pastor John say it now because he's listened to it four times over. God is good. It is well. I could imagine that if the psalmist David was here today, he would stand up and wave both of his hands and he would say, it is well with my soul. Invite you to turn with me. Just uh, open the word to the book of Psalms. Book of Psalms, chapter 40. I'm going to be sharing a little bit with what the psalmist David had to say. 
goes like this. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect to the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. I like this last part here. If I would, what? Declare. Did you guys hear that? If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. If I had you share your testimony today of how good God is, we'd be here all day. Amen? And this would truly be camp meeting because we'd just be singing and praising God all day. But I'm a children's ministry pastor and I understand that we have kids. And if we did that all day, they would go hungry. Oh, did I say that? Okay, so we're not going to look at our clocks right now. But we're just going to feed on the Word of God and what He has to share with us. Psalmist David says, I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds. It will never come to an end. Would you pray with me? I'm going to do something different. Pray with me the Lord's Prayer as we bow our heads. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I like that part that says, Thy kingdom come. The reality is we're all waiting for the kingdom of God. Amen. But you know, when Jesus was here on earth, he says, The kingdom of God is already here. The kingdom of God 
is already here. And I like how Psalms 107 says, verse 1 and 2, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is what? He is good. His faithful love endures how long? Forever. And it starts today. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And they, they tell me white people don't say amen. That's not true, is it? Because when the Lord is here, when the Lord is here, then the beloved speaks out and says, praise be to God. Thomas Davis says, tell others, he has redeemed you from your enemies. I had to ask myself, what are my enemies? You see, it's difficult to praise God if you don't have anything to praise Him about. Let me say that again. It's difficult to praise God if you don't have anything to praise Him about. And David had a lot of enemies. But chances are, you and I have enemies as well. They may not necessarily be people, are they? They could be our finances. They could be the world trying to take our children away. They could be illness. We all face enemies. But here's the good news. And, and being a children's pastor, can I, can I see all the kids here? Work with me here. Because you guys, some of you guys were at my camp before, right? See some of you guys. I, I like hand motions. I'm a kinesthetic person. So stay with me here. It goes like this. Go, like, with, go with me. Problems. That's right. Problems become praises when placed in the palm of Jesus. Let's try that again. Problems become praises when placed in the palms of Jesus. That's okay. Big kids can do it too. Let's try that one more time. Problems become praises when placed in the palms of Jesus. When the kingdom of God comes, I begin to realize, Pastor John, that it's not how God solves them, but how we confront them. The kingdom of God is revealed by how we confront the enemies and the problems that face our lives. You see, it's easy. It's easy to praise God when things are going well. Amen? Amen. It is. Yeah, if I win a million dollars, I'd be praising God. Did I win a million dollars? How do you do that? Ooh, no, I don't play the lottery. But if, if God, someone gave me a million dollars, it'd be easy to praise God. And if you do win the lottery, we will take your tithe. 
won't we, Pastor John? We will. We will. We'll, we'll, we'll pray for you. <laughs> Lord, please help their gambling problem, but thank you for the tithe and offering. <laughs> it was tempting when it became $160 million. And I said, God, could you imagine what, you can do, what I can do with that and how I can help the church and bless a different sermon? <laughs> I like 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. That's been my crying call. No temptations or problems in your life. There are no different from other experiences. I love this part. And God is what? Faithful. He will not allow the temptation or problem to be more than you can stand. Oh, is that a promise? When you are tempted or have a problem, He will show you a way so that you can escape it. It was almost a year ago that I was up at summer camp. How many of the kids have been up in summer camp here? Yeah. It's about almost a year ago when I was up at summer camp. This summer is the first summer I haven't been a summer camp director, but it was a year ago. And like every summer camp, I was excited. Summer camp is here. Yes. And, and I was excited because I had a personal goal that summer. Typically at summer camp, we had this thing called Camp 15. You know what Camp 15 is? Camp 15 means by the end of the summer, you would have lost 15 pounds. <laughs> camp 15. Oh, it really happens because um, every day, I have a pedometer and I'm not wearing mine today, but every day you walk anywhere from 15,000 to 25,000 steps a day. And for all of us, we know that the amount of steps we should walk every day is roughly about what? 10,000 steps, which is about five miles. But at camp, you're walking anywhere from seven to 10 miles a day. So by the end of camp, every camp staff, if they're doing their job well, loses about 15 pounds. But I had a special goal this summer. I was at 205, a little bit more than I really wanted to be. I didn't want to be camp 15. I wanted to be camp 20. I wanted to lose the extra 10 pounds. I, I wanted to go from 205 to 180. I was hitting, I was 50. Ooh, I say that. Ooh. And, uh, you know, they said 50 was the new 30. 40. <laughs> I wish. But I was going, man, I wanted to get back into shape. So I even had my, uh, my activities director say, hey, You've got a special goal. Every day, put me through boot camp training. And every morning after worship, he'd make me do push-ups, and he'd make me do sit-ups, and he'd make me do all these things. And, and I was going, oh, great. You know? And after one week, I went home, and I weighed myself, and five pounds lost. Great. Next week, I went home, another five pounds. I go, wow. 
I've gone from 205 to 195. But then I was noticing something too. By now, you know, camp is 5,000 feet elevation. Typically, by your week, week and a half, you get used to the thinner air. And you go up to camp. I don't know if you guys have, you know, you guys have a Calamesa camp meeting up at camp. Um, when do you guys have that? April, okay, that's good, because camp will open, be open by then. Um, they're, you guys know that they're close through December. Yes, thank you for your prayers for camp. Um, but by the time the second week comes, all the <sighs> is gone. You can walk around. But I noticed, man, I was still breathing hard. I'm going like, that's funny. Third week comes along. Fourth week comes along. Every week I go home, I was losing five pounds. Man, I was down to 180 now. I was like, whoa, this is really good. But the fifth and sixth week comes, and I was still breathing hard. And I'm going like, oh, there's got to be something wrong. And my staff goes, are you okay, Pastor Manny? Because you're, you're not your typical chipper self. You seem to kind of drag a little. And I said, yeah, you know, I, I'm having a hard time. I would do something, and I'd have to go, and I'd have to rest. And, and I, I, I was literally walking like this at camp from one event to the next because I was just. And so being in the health community, I decided I'd, I'd find out what was wrong with me. So you know what I did? I Googled it, right? really tired at elevation, having, not feeling well. And I came to the conclusion that I had pneumonia, walking pneumonia. And, and I looked at up all the things about what to do with walking pneumonia, and I said, hey, you know what? I can beat this. I'll just walk, work through it. But finally, seventh week of camp came, and the staff goes, Pastor Manny, please do us a favor. Go see a doctor. So on my day off, I went to urgent care and saw a doctor and doctor I said to the doctor I think I have walking pneumonia but I just want you to confirm that <laughs> so they took they took all the blood tests and everything and uh, she came back and she says um, you don't have pneumonia I said oh I don't oh so I must have anemia huh she goes yeah you're right how'd you know I go because I, I just feel so lethargic he goes you know what's not good is that your, your hemoglobin is, your record shows that your last hemoglobin count was 15 and you are now down to 9. And so hemoglobin, that's a big word. So I, this is the way I explain it to the kids, the kids in the audience. You know, have you ever drank the, like, the little pint size of milk kind of thing like this, right? You do that, right? Well, we have about, like I have 15 of those amount of my blood, 15 pints. That's, that's what it basically, uh, don't correct me later, doctors, but basically I got about 15 pints of those. What happens is I, was, I went from 15 of those things down to nine. And so what, when you have less blood in your system, the oxygen can't what? Travel as well. And so that's why I was getting so tired. And so I said, oh, okay, um, can you just tell me that it's, I'm okay to go back up to camp and what do I need to do? He goes, just rest. Oh, no problem. So no prescription, just rest. And so I took my little thing, gave it to the nurse to see, I'm okay to go back to work. Um, and there, but here's what began to happen. Man, I not only began to get tired, my head started to get a headache. And finally, last week of camp, 
15.2. I'm leading out there, and I'm leading my guitar, and, you know, everything's going to... And as soon as I'm done, I go back to the room, and my head was just splitting. It was just in pain. Finally, one of my, um, my nurse staff came up to me and goes, you know what, you need oxygen. And they brought me a thing of oxygen, and I started to breathe it, and I felt better. One week I'm left. But that day, that Friday, Pastor Carmen came up to me. And she says, oh, she says Pastor Manny, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to go home. I said, go home. I got last weekend left. I can't go home. She goes, no, no, no. Listen, this is not an option. You have to go home. It is better for you to walk out of here and go home than to be helicoptered out of here. Your staff cannot see you be hauled out of here. Go home. And my heart just broke. I wanted to stay at camp. But she was right. I packed up my stuff, went home that Friday, and got to my, went to my house. I thought lower elevation, I should start to feel better, better oxygen. I get home, things didn't change. The pain that I thought was an 8 or a 9 is now becoming 10 and 11. At night, it's just throbbing. And I knew anemia, so I didn't want to take any painkiller or anything like this. And, I, and I've never experienced pain so much where I thought, God, you know what? Just kill me already. I, I can't even believe I said that. But I said, God, this is too much. I, I, I can't bear this anymore more. Then my, my wife walks in. She looks at me and she knew. She just hugged me and said, sweetie, I love you. See my kids. And I hugged her. I said, I'll just stay here for a little while. And she left. And, and all of a sudden, my prayer changed. I said, God, give me the power to endure. Amen. No, there are times when we can't see very far. And, and we can't see the end from the beginning. And you're in the midst of things. And sometimes our prayer is just simply this, God, give me the power to what? Endure. I just need to endure. The following Tuesday, um, I, had, I was ready for my doctor's appointment, and I just knew deep down I wasn't going to go home just had a gut feeling, and I was right. Went to see my doctor, and my doctor took my hemoglobin, and it went from 15 pints of blood to 9 pints of blood, and I was down to 7 pints of blood. And he says, uh, you're not going home. They got an ambulance, and yeah, it's 50 years old. It was my first time ever to be in an ambulance. It was so cool. 
So they took me in an ambulance, and they, they, uh, they took me to ER, and um, started, you know, you know what they do, they prick you all over. And uh, then they had my first, they admitted me to the hospital. First time I've ever been, been to the hospital. I said, oh, how cool is that? It's not. You know, if you want to get rest, do not go to the hospital. I don't know what it is, but they wake you up at 2 in the morning to take your blood pressure. I go, really, guys? And then they prick you at 4 in the morning to get your lab works, re lab works ready for the doctors. And I'm going like, I'm supposed to be resting. But two weeks, they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And they said, what's your job? I'm a camp director. Where are you at? In the mountains. Doing what? Doing camp. Did you get bitten by insects? Duh. I'm at camp. It's in the mountains. It's outdoors. Of course I get bitten by insects. So they start doing all this lab works. Tick. You know, a malaria. All forms of malaria. and all. They start doing all of these lab works, you know. And worse things. And they were sending it all over. I was the mystery guy for two weeks. They couldn't figure it out. Finally, they said, you know, we don't know what else to do. So we're going to take the next step for you. We're going to let you have a bone marrow test. And that's not a fun test. I won't even describe that to you. And so they did the bone marrow test. And um, three days later, the doctor came back. And they said, I've got good news and I've got bad news. The good news is we know what's the problem. The bad news is you have lymphoma cancer stage four. And I, I just thought to myself, how can we go from not having a clue to stage four cancer? Where's one, two, and three? And they said, it's so rapidly advancing, we're starting you in chemo in two days. Typically, they wait a month. We're starting you in two days. So they started me on chemo. And uh, a few days later, they said, we're sending you home. Because you can catch more sickness in the hospital than you can catch at home. And so I went home. I got to tell you this, just an honesty moment here. I wish I can tell you that as a pastor, I was always strong. I wish I can tell you that as a pastor, I was always courageous. Honest truth. When you walk, through the valley of the shadow of death. That shadow, it's pretty dark. And some of you guys know what I'm talking about. It's really dark. And, and for a while, I, I, couldn't sh I, was, I couldn't share that with anyone. I'm going, God, come on. 
I've got all these people praying for me, laying their hands and all of this. How come, how come I can't feel your presence? Why does it feel like you're not beside me? Where are you when I need you most? And then I was reading that passage when Jesus was on the cross. And for, for a slight moment, I, I got a glimpse. Because when Jesus was on the cross, he, he said these words that didn't kind of make sense to me, but it, began, it begins to make a lot more sense to me today. When he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My, my Auntie Ellen says, oh, that's Ellen G. White for you guys. <laughs> Filipino, everyone's an auntie or an uncle. My Auntie Ellen says, when Jesus was on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Guys, guess where Jesus, guess where God was? Where do you think God was? right. He was right there beside him. And yet, Jesus could not feel his presence. And here's what I begin to understand. That sometimes our problems, our enemies become so overwhelming that it blocks the presence of God. But here's the good news. Even when it blocks the presence of God, you know what? He is still there. Young boys, let me tell you, when life one day gets really hard on you and you feel like Jesus is not beside you, it's okay because even when you don't feel it, he's, God will be right beside you. But I had to share that because I think that sometimes when we go through those tough times, we begin to think, do I have lack of faith? Do I not trust God enough? Why do I feel like this? And I'm, I'm letting you know that God's a big God. You can get angry at Him. You can tell Him how you feel. And it's okay. And it, and it changed my whole philosophy too. Because I, my son's friend took his own life. And he asked me, Dad, does that mean that my friend is, is not going to go to heaven? And I got to tell you, before this, I had this theology that says, we, we do, it says, you know, when you take your own life, you are not going to what? Go to heaven because that's the ultimate 
sin. But, you know, this is not an SBA fundamental belief, so don't quote me on this. This is just a Pastor Manny come to a conclusion because of the experience he's gone through. I don't believe that God will judge that person at their weakest and most vulnerable moment. Can I hear an amen? Isn't that, isn't that refreshing? That God will not judge us. in our weakest time. During my weakest time, I'll share with you how I managed to get out of it. I had God sent angels my way. They were angels of human flesh. They were angels who held my hand. Angels who prayed with me and for me. In fact, I am blessed because I am a recipient of one of your blankets that hang in my office. And every time I see that blanket, I realize that I was bathed with prayer, that I was lifted up with prayer with people who were there beside me. They truly were angels of human flesh. And that reminds me of this story found in Mark chapter 2. And, and kids, if you weren't listening up to, to now, it's okay. You could listen here at this time because this story is for you. It's about the story of, of Mark chapter 2. And um, this is the story about, the Bible tells the story about a man who had a broken back. And for years, he simply laid on his bed. But one day, he heard that Jesus was preaching in a house nearby. And so you know what happened? The Bible says that four of his friends decided that they were going to take their friend, their friend with a broken back who laid on the bed, and they were going to go see Jesus. So the four friends took the man with a broken back who laid on the bed and they placed him on a stretcher. And they began to carry him all the way to where Jesus was preaching until they reached the house. But here's the bad part. When they got to the house, they found out that it was really crowded and they couldn't get in. So they said, what are we going to do? So the four friends thunk and thunk and thunk. And finally, they came up with a great 
See, I'm not facing this way because you've seen this already. <laughs> they came up with a great idea. Hey, why don't we... There. Why don't we go up the stairs and take them to the top of the house? And so they took them up the stairs to the top of the house. And you know what they did when they got to the top of the house? They, the Bible says they began to dig a hole on the top of the house. They dug a hole and they took the man with a broken back and they lowered him down. And when Jesus saw the man with a broken back lowered down the house, you know what he said? The Bible says he was amazed at the faith, not of the man, but the what? The faith of the four friends. I thought that was interesting. Jesus was amazed at the faith of the four friends who prayed for that man. And Jesus said to the man, with a broken back, he says, Son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven you. And he says, Stand up, pick up your bed, and walk. And the man with a broken back stood up. picked up his bed, and he walked. And the Bible said that he left the house praising God. Amen. 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 Thank you for that, too. Six months later, doctor said, chemo done. Doctor said, you need to get a set of bone marrow tests. So I took my bone marrow test, and I was sitting inside the doctor's clinic. And she looked at the results. And she said, Manny, I've got good news. Your bone marrow test shows that you have no sign of cancer in your bones. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And I tell you, when she said that, oh, man. I don't know if you've ever heard good news, but stuff inside you just begins to bubble up. And you get excited and you can't hold it. It's like, if I don't get out of this clinic soon, I'm going to scream. I was just, I was, man, I was so giddy. I was like, oh, man, that is awesome. Thank you. And, and I got out of the hospital and I just had to yell. I go, oh, praise Jesus. Because, man, it, and I, I started texting my friends and I started calling the Bible calls that 
good news. And when God has given you good news, you just want to what? Share it to the world. Amen. Amen. I've got better news for you today. Jesus died for our sins so that we can spend eternity with him. Because the reality is we all have cancer, don't we? We are all doomed to die. And, and you know what? As, as great as my story is, I begin to realize that I may have five years left. That I may not be able to keep this cancer down the rest of my life. I, it may be that five years from now you go, oh, did you hear, Pastor Manny? It came back. And I'm going to tell you, it's okay. It's okay. Because the battle is not about staying alive. The battle is about being faithful through the trials that we go through. Because I begin to realize that when we have our problems, they become what? Praises when we give them in the palms of Jesus. My whole philosophy and paradigm changed. My priorities have changed. And when I was going through sickness and stuff like that, no matter how much pain I was going through, people would always ask me, so how are you feeling? And, I'm, and I would tell them, it's a good day. It's a good day. When even when you can feel pain, it's a good day. Why? Because pain lets you know you're still alive. And as long as I am standing on this grass, it's a good day. Because better two inches above the grass than two inches below the grass. And some days, it's a better day. Today is a great day. Amen? Today is a great day. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what, what difficulties and trials that God has placed in your life. And I'm here to tell you, if you're discouraged, you know, that means that the battery is dying and I'm speaking way too long. But it's okay, Pastor John. Because it's camp meeting time. It's camp meeting time. I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know if you're feeling discouraged, but if you're feeling discouraged, let me share with you, it's okay, because God will send angels to lift you up and be beside you. I don't know if you're facing illness, let me just share with you that if you're discouraged, God will be right there beside you. And it may not turn out the way mine turned out, but it's okay. Because whatever God lays in our life, whatever problems we have, we can turn that around. And like Joseph, he says, what the devil intended for harm, God turned 
for good. I invited um, some of my kids who did a song for me. We did a song, and it really wrapped up the story that I was trying to share. And the, the song is entitled, Lean on Me. child with no father, for that man that doesn't have a place to stay, and for that little boy living with AIDS, can I tell you a story, tell you a story, you can lean on me, there's a man, oh yeah, standing on the corner, he has no home, he has no food. And his blue skies are gone. Yes, it is. Can you hear him crying now? And there's a girl searching for a father and a friend. Praying that the storm someday will end. But instead of walking away. Oh, open up your heart and say, I can see your tears. I'll be there in a holy way. Yes, I will. Friends, all that I can't you win. Here's my shoulder. Here's the shoulder you can give
people are you still with me what did we say problems become praises when placed in the palm of Jesus let us pray father God thank you that your grace is sufficient for all our needs all our trials whatever life may have for us that you are there beside us with us and for us and now may the grace and may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you and may you never never Feel like you're alone. In Jesus' name we pray.